You're listening to Dialed In, a National Club Golfer podcast. Welcome to another edition of Dialed In National Club Golfers' weekly look at the best bets on the European and PGA Tours. Hope you've all calmed down from the Masters and you're ready for another busy week of action because the PGA Tour moves on to what I think is one of the best courses on the road to Harbour Town Links. As always, I'm joined by NCG's form expert, Barry Plummer, who's going to be talking to me about all the ins and outs of the Masters, and he'll give you his best bets for Harbour Town as well. Welcome, Barry. Hi, Steve. Um, let's have a quick review of the Masters then. Hideki Matsuyama, he's one of those tips, isn't he, where you think, yeah, I should have had him on my portfolio, but you never quite do. Yeah, Hideki's always been a player for me. I've never, for one reason or another, really backed him um, and I've always had my reasons for not doing so and I've seen um, you know our guest on uh, for the uh, the players championship Sundog Monkey I know he's a big fan of Hideki uh, and I've seen a lot of other tipsers who like him but he's one of those who I've not really gone to very often and, and actually after watching him at the Masters I think he's definitely going to be on my radar moving forwards because that performance he put in was just absolutely sensational. Yeah great result for Hideki um, a massive lead that he gathered up particularly uh, in the first half of the um, round yesterday. Obviously, a little bit of drama on the back nine when he put it into the water at 15. But um, what was the sense of the tournament for you? I mean, I found myself kind of not willing ill on him, but just wanting something to happen. Yeah, I feel like the final round um, was a bit flat until sort of right towards the end of the uh, the back nine where Hideki tried to sort of give everyone a bit of a chance. And obviously, the drama at 16 was probably the best we got with, with Chauffele getting close and then... Uh, making his triple bogey but I think uh, overall it was it was a nice result in the end it, I left feeling quite happy that, that Hideki had done it and, and pleased for him and uh, what that meant for for golf in Japan and I think that actually moving forwards he's going to be a really good Masters champion. It was an interesting week for us on the tips front as well because a lot of the people that we talked about in the preview show last week had chances at some point during the tournament I mean JT was bang there um, early on Saturday until falling away might have been Friday my memory is a bit dim now um, Patrick Reed managed to get me a top 10 place which salvaged some of the week but for the principles and for the big stars in golf um, it was largely a disappointing week yeah and actually it wasn't until again probably the back nine on on Sunday where you saw the top five in the leaderboard starting to look like a top five of of Masters players with Spieth and Chauffele and Rahm but all of those players you know Rahm particularly came a little bit later on and as you said at the start, when Rose opened up that gap at the, uh, on the first round, at minus seven in the first round, I think that that was uh, setting the precedent. And then from there, it was a bit of a, like as you said, a disappointing one for, for my tips especially. I mean, I can only apologise for Patrick Cantlay um, and the, uh, the, the, the missing the cut there because that was completely out of nowhere based on his, his stats and form at the Masters. But it's one of those, you know, you're not going to get them right every time and, uh, you know, we can still hold on to the, uh, to the success at the 2020 Masters for... For a little bit longer. The wait goes on for Rory. Um, a very disappointing couple of days for him. That's all that can be said, really. I mean, I know there are excuses for him in where his game is at the moment, and obviously he'll be trying to work on that for the rest of the season with Pete Cowan. But um, 
kind of usual story really for a start for Rory. I mean, I suppose the only surprise was he didn't manage to pull it round. Does that worry you going ahead, looking to the PGA Championship, for example, at Kiwa where he won last time? Yeah, obviously he's going back to a course that he likes. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that worries me. I think he's a player who will get better and especially working with Pete Cowan, he's bound to improve um, and get back to at some point where he was, hopefully. But I mean, I said in the, the preview uh, for the Masters that I'm still miles away and, and even even now still miles away from, from putting Rory up at any price at the moment, um, just because I have no faith in him with, with my money. Um, I will look at how he goes in between now and the PJ Championship and if his form upturns then he'll be a real con uh, consideration for, uh, for that considering the fact that he's won there before. You've been doing yourself down for the last four and a half minutes but um, one tip that, that did go your way was swerving Dustin Johnson. I mean that, that was a departure for you because obviously you've been very sweet in him all year but I mean he the shortest Masters reign ever that's all you can say really can't you but um, interesting that he was so flat this week compared with um, his uh, exertions in November yeah I mean the first round was disappointing and I fully expected actually even after saying that I didn't fancy him I fully expected after a disappointing first round to see him come out on on Friday and really you know give it a good effort to get himself to the weekend and I at no point did I think he'd not make the cut um, but he just looked a bit of a shell of his of his self from, from November and um, I'm not sure whether that's the fact that sustaining that that level of high quality golf over a long period of time must be incredibly difficult and uh, you know he, he will win a tournament again in the very near future um, but this week certainly wasn't the one for him. Would you look at him again for the Masters in future? I mean he's had, he had a decent record there but it was it was a pretty strange week for the course wasn't it? Yeah, I think he's one of those where he, he had incredible form going into the week when he won it in November. And I think that's that's the biggest indicator for me as to, to whether or not I'd back him again um, in future Masters tournaments. If he was in that sort of form again, then I'd certainly consider him at a reasonable price. But as you mentioned earlier, at 8-1 to one or whatever he went off at, in the, uh, in the, at the start of the week, it's just far too short for any player, I think, on that course because it's so tough and it can really bite you when you're not playing at your best. How do you think it played? I mean, we saw these unusual pictures of Augusta looking a bit browned off on the greens on Thursday and playing spectacularly hard for everyone apart from Rose, who yeah. obviously got on that ridiculous run. Then they had some weather um, on Friday and Saturday that kind of softened it up a bit. I mean, you know, we, we talked about November not being an Augusta week for me in a lot of spaces this didn't feel like a typical Augusta week either yeah I mean if you offered me uh, a choice between the two between November and and the one we've just seen last week I would have picked the one we've just seen um, hands down because I'd much rather see a really difficult challenging test for the top players in the world than a birdie fest but yeah it was it was difficult wasn't it you saw some of the putts that looked like relatively good putts and were making their way near enough all the way off the green or um, players putting themselves in positions where you think that they would be able to make a relatively simple up and down and it just didn't happen. Um, so, I mean, f finding a, a fine sort of balance between those two is really the ideal scenario. But I definitely enjoy watching some of the top players squirm this week. Well, as we've been talking about DJ, let's move on to this week's PGA Tour event, the RBC Heritage at Harbour Town Links. DJ is in the field presently. And as you would expect, the world number one is the market leader, 10 to 1 with bets 365. Webb Simpson following up next, a couple of points behind. Patrick Cantlay, so disappointing at Augusta at 14 to 1 as we speak. Colin Morikawa next, Daniel Berger, Matt Fitzpatrick, Cameron Smith. It is the kind of field that you would expect post-major championship. There's some decent names in there, but 
Um, be interesting to see what the strength of the field is for the world rankings, but it's not massively up there. I mean, um, which is a shame, really. I always, I always, I'm a bit disappointed about Harbour Town's place in the PGA Tour schedules coming straight after a major because for me, it's one of the most interesting courses on tour. I mean, what do you think about this Pete Dye Classic? Yeah, I mean, it was great last year to see it get a position just after the break that we had for the first lockdown where it came back and actually the field was quite strong. Um, and that was a real celebration of what you said is, is a great course. I'm totally with you there. I really like Harbour Town. It's obviously got that coastal links feel, very strategic. Greens are tiny, which means players have to be so accurate. And, um, you know, it's one of those which, again, is a test, but also often, I think, suits um, the European players. So we're going to hopefully see some strong European contingent over there this week with a chance to get a PJ Tour win. Now, it's interesting talking about the Europeans. I think Luke Donald has won there in the past, hasn't he, Barry? And, um, you know, for a lot of courses on the PGA Tour that we think are very equipped for long bombers, you know, kind of bomb it and and chip it on, sort of drive a wedge player. This course is not that at all, is it? It's a very strategic course. Yeah, well, when you saw the sort of top few in the mar in the in on the leaderboard last year, would be in Webb Simpson, Abraham Anser, I believe Tyrrell Hatton was up there, and Garcia. Is they're, they're players who I know Garcia is brilliant off the tee, but the other ones you wouldn't describe them as being particularly long, but you definitely would describe them as being very very strategic and really strong in their approach play. So for me, this is looking like a week where you're looking for players who who are good strokes gained tee to green, good strokes gained approach. Um, maybe with some form coming in on the greens uh, because uh, as I said if you can find these small greens at um, Harbour Town then you're going to give yourself a good chance to find the cup. Well you've got a trio of players for us this week that hopefully will do just that. Why don't you introduce your first to the listeners? Yeah my first selection this week is Matthew Fitzpatrick. Uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick is coming off of a, a relatively good week at, at the Masters. You know didn't set the, the world on fire but, but still at the same time uh, made the weekend and was relatively steady. He's got some really good form coming into this event. If you discount the Masters last week, um, you're looking at a run of three top tens in his last five events. Um, his other finishes have been 11th and 18th. So, you know, he's been there or thereabouts quite a lot recently. And, uh, you know, we tipped him at the Genesis and he did okay for us there as well at a big price. Um, he, he actually said in 2017 in an interview that he loves Harbour Town and it's actually his favourite stop on the PGA Tour. So that to me also indicates that this is the, going to be a track that really suits him on paper in terms of his stats. It's going to suit his game down to the ground as really a really strategic uh, player with great approach play and as well as a strong putter. I think when you're looking at the, um, the top of the market there and the, the main contenders, Matthew Fitzpatrick might sort of be forgotten a little bit uh, stateside with the other big names that are there. But I think actually he represents a little bit of value as my top pick. Yeah, the next step of his career really needs him to record a PGA Tour win and a course that uh, may be to his liking um, in a field that is possibly not the strongest um, after a major, then maybe this will be the week for him. So great, Matt Fitzpatrick first. Who's up next for you, Barry? So my second pick this week is Corey Connors. Uh, Connors is another player who's, who's been in fantastic form. We all remember that he had uh, really two really strong performances at the Arnold Palmer Invitational in the Players' Championship in March. And then in the Masters this week, three brilliant rounds to get himself right into contention. And actually, although he was a few over par on, on the final round, he still managed to finish um, in eighth position, which you know is, is no mean feat for, uh, for a player that's coming into only his second or third Masters appearance. Now, when you look at how he plays, he's brilliant off the tee. He's a really strong approach player. We saw him uh, draining putts from all over the place at uh, RBC um, in the past. 
And actually, his best finish was um, 21st last year after a few missed cuts. So that suggests to me that maybe he's getting to grips a little bit with the, the course and that PGA Tour experience that he's gaining. Uh, so I think that Corey Connors looks to be a good each way shout this week if you're looking for someone who's in red hot form. And there shouldn't be too much mental letdown for him from the fourth round at Augusta. I mean, it w he would have loved to have contended a little bit stronger, but it's not like I think he would have gone into the last round with um, the impression, yes, I'm, I've got an absolutely fantastic chance of winning this. He had a chance, of course, but everyone was having to chase Hideki, weren't they? So it's not a showfly situation, for example, where I've stood on the 16th tee and I'm, I'm right in the hunt. Yeah, and I think, you know, I said this in my preview um, earlier in the week for the Masters, I put him up as the first round leader and I said that I wouldn't be surprised if he was up there towards the end, but I would be quite surprised if he won it. I, I feel like that might be a step too far for him at this stage of his career. Um, maybe not in the future, but uh, as a player, he's definitely growing in confidence and, and, and his form is evidence the fact that his performance is also improving. I think uh, he's, he's one to watch for the future, definitely for the rest of this PJ Tour season. So we promised the listeners uh, a treble of selections. We've had the first two. Who is the final leg of your RBC Heritage trifecta? Uh, after his fantastic performance last week, which I think got so much coverage, and rightly so, because you know on debut, coming in and finishing 12th at the Masters, Bob McIntyre was absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, Flying the flag for Scotland, uh, playing some brilliant shots, birdie in the 18th to secure his place back at the Masters next year, which will be a dream come true for him. Um, I know from, from speaking to him and from NCG speaking to him earlier in the year, it was a real dream for him to play there. Um, and I think actually, when you look at his form, he's played the match play um, and got to the uh, last 16 there, which was a really good performance for him in one of his first sort of meaningful PGA Tour stints. And then going to finish 12th the week after at the Masters on debut. I mean, you can't really ask for much more than that. And I think um, at a course which technically should suit his style of play, obviously it's got a coastal linksy feel to it. He won't be put off by the conditions and the wind. I think he should give himself quite a good chance at what looks to be a good price. Do you think mentally would that be anything of a concern for you? I, I mean, just in terms of fatigue, he's had a very big week um, at the Masters, um, got himself uh, an invite for next year. You know, he had a lot of publicity at the, at the match play, obviously for getting a result against Dustin Johnson. There's been quite a lot of attention on him recently and quite a lot of golf. Would it concern you at all that you know, perhaps he's due to be a little bit flat at some point? Yeah, I mean, one thing that strikes me about Bob McIntyre is whenever you hear him speak, he's very, very mature for, a, for such a young man. And, and actually, he's very honest about his golf in the fact that he turns up to win tournaments. And if he doesn't think he would win, he doesn't turn up and he doesn't play. And I think he could have quite easily after the Masters taken the easy way out and gone you know, back home to, to Oban and, and had a few weeks off, which you know, he would have deserved after that brilliant run in, in the States. But he stuck around to have another go at a PGA Tour event. And you know, why, why not at this point? Why could he not go and get his first PGA Tour win? And I think uh, he certainly will believe that he can do. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting point, isn't it? Um, you know, the tour in Europe is just beginning to start um, with the spring but it doesn't fire up for it doesn't fire up properly does it for a little bit of time yet and here he is playing for big money at the moment week in week out he's collected a handy check last week and if you are looking at PGA Tour status in the future either by winning an event or by getting a temporary membership perhaps and getting some cash you know these are important events to play. Yeah, and he, you know, at the end of his, his fourth round at the Masters, he, in his interview, he said that he really enjoyed playing with the top players in the world and putting himself up against those players, which he said he doesn't always get on the European tour. 
Um, you know, so maybe after having said initially that he didn't plan to to stay in the states very long and didn't play, especially not stay there permanently. I think maybe that experience of having played with the top players in the world um, and pitting himself against those on the PJ Tour might be something that lures him back maybe in the near future. If you're Padraig Harrington, what do you do with Bob McIntyre now? Well, I mean, he's up there, isn't he, with the, with the players who you could throw in uh, with the likes of Victor Perez and people like that. And obviously Victor Perez was brilliant in the match play, but didn't play particularly well at the Masters. I think missed the cut. Uh, Bob obviously was consistent across both, showed he can play match play, showed he can play with the best in the world and do well. I mean, for me, if I was picking, I think he just edges it for me, Bob McIntyre, at this point. But um, it's going to be very close and there's still a lot of golf to play. And if, uh, if, if he continues in the way he has done, I think he'll be a shoe-in for one of those places. Looking promising though, isn't it? Early days for Podrick. And obviously, several months yet before he has to make his selections, but you've seen you know, a couple of his old-timers playing well in Lee Westwood and you've got a couple of rookies there in Perez and, and McIntyre that are showing some decent form. Looks like he'll have some difficult choices to make. Yeah, I mean, Lee Westwood, I'm sure we're disappointed with missing the cut of the Masters. But again, as you said, but been brilliant on a brilliant run of form before then and showed that he's not done yet. Poulter played really well on the final day at the Masters and got himself up there to, you know, not, not anywhere near the places, but into a respectable position. Uh, Casey playing really, really well as well. Uh, shot under par on the last day. Hatton under par on the last day. So we're, we've got a, a team that looks to be playing some great golf at the moment. And I think the next few months will be interesting to see how we uh, go for the selections on Padraig's team. So regular listeners will know that I never let you go without giving us your top tip for the week. So for the RBC Heritage, who is Baz's banker? Based solely on the fact that he has already said that this is his favourite stop on the PGA Tour. Um, when you think about all of the fantastic courses that the players visit and how long Fitzpatrick has been doing that, I think uh, that Fitzpatrick has got to be my Baz's banker this week. And at the price of 22 to 1, I think you could even get some each way value on what looks to be one of the favourites in the market. Well, good luck if you are following Barry in with his selections this week. Please remember, if you are having a punt, to gamble responsibly. Barry, thanks as always for joining me. Thanks, Steve. And don't forget that you can read all of Barry's tips, not just for the RBC Heritage, but for the Austrian Open on the European Tour by clicking on to nationalclubgolfer.com. Thanks for joining us again on Dial In. We'll see you again next week.